on, man. All this, what's going on, people? I'm sorry about that. No disrespect, ladies. I want to start out by talking about something that's been on my mind. It kind of bothers me. If you don't want to bother or be disrespected by other people, don't disrespect other people. If you don't want to be put in a box by other people, don't put other people in boxes. The LBGTQ community with this uh, no gender nonsense is disrespectful. I don't speak for anybody and nobody speaks for me. I speak only for myself. I find it highly disrespectful. I am a man. I was born a man. You don't label me anything other than that. I am him. I am he. I am Mr. And that is it. You can be anything you want. I do not care. If you're a consenting adult or if you have legal age to live the lifestyle that you choose to live, I say more power to you. No hate coming at you, but it is hateful to tell me what I should I am not a them, I am not a they, or I'm not a there. And you don't have the right, nor do I have the right to call you anything that you feel negative towards. If I knew you my entire life and you were Bobby and I we met you after several years and you came to me and you were said you were now Juanita, I would give you the respect to call you Juanita and I would treat you as Juanita. I would put Bobby in the past and let him go. But that's me. You don't have the right. I'm not a cisgender. I am not any term that you decide that you want to place on me in 2021 at a late date when I've been living a life like this forever. And you just need to think about that. It would be nice if people would think about that. Everybody is not attacking the fluid gender community. So stop putting us all in one ship, all in one boat. We don't all float together. You know, everybody doesn't walk lockstep and say that this person is my voice. No, I'm a black man in America and I have never voted a black voice. I have never voted a heterosexual voice who speaks for me. I speak for myself. And I wish you the best. I wish your journey takes you to whatever happiness that you need to be in. If you don't feel that you're fitting in the right body and you need to change your personality, your look, your gender, that's on you. You answer for yourself, and that's fine, because you will answer for yourself down the road. And hopefully the decisions that you make are just wise and conscious to lead you where you need to be. But I I, I don't believe for a second that we have the right to disrespect women, that they become a them, that they become a they. These women give birth to the nations, to the world. Since the beginning of mankind, the only person on the planet able to give birth was a natural-born woman. Men do not give birth. Transgender women do not give birth. They deserve all the respect. They're disrespected enough to begin with. If you want to think that your community is disrespected, women have been disrespected since the cave. So do not add on any other nonsense to what they already go to. I am not a woman, but I can understand that we consider them the weaker sex. So they've been abused. They've been physically, emotionally, sexually 
abuse forever. Don't add on to their abuse and then say, look at us. Don't, that's not the way it works. It's just not the way it works. Like I said, live, let live. Don't knock somebody. Don't hate them because of who they are. I don't hate you because of how you live. I, I would hate you if you're a fucked up individual. To me, not to the world, not from a religious standpoint, not from a moral standpoint. I don't give a rat's ass about that. That has no, I have no judgments in those. I deal with people on an individual basis of how they conduct themselves with me and me alone. So Stephen Sodham, he's the legendary composer and lyricist, Broadway icon. He died at the age of 91. Charles Moose, who was the police chief in the D.C. sniper attacks era, he was the black man who had to stand front and center while all this stuff was going on with Muhammad and Al, uh, Malvo. Um, and he actually broke down a couple of times. I considered him to be fairly a human being. So, you know, especially being a police, he died at the age of 68. And Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ, and defensive player of the year, Curly Cup died at the age of 75. Now, I'm not very familiar with this brother, Virgil Albon. He was the founder of uh, streetwear brand Off-White and the uh, artistic director of Louis Vuitton. He died at the age of 41, but it seems like a lot of people were touched by his death. So I say rest in peace to all these gentlemen. So COVID is up to 50 million cases in the United States and 800,000 people have died. 800,000 people in America alone have died. 455 million people are vaccinated. Now, worldwide, 262 million cases and 5.3 million. I'm going to repeat that again. 5.3 million people have died. So we first, we had this Delta, Delta variant. Now we have this Omicron variant, which they said we should be going out and getting our booster shots. And they're going to be like another two weeks before they know what this super strain is, is even fully understood. They call it the worst ever super mutation of the COVID variant. And it makes the vaccines 40% less effective. But like, once again, they also said it'll be two weeks before they even fully understand what's going on with Omicron. Now, what's troubling me is they tell us to go out, get the vaccines. They tell us to social distance. We are going on 18, 19 months of this. They tell us to wear the mask. I have complied with everything that they've asked me to do to the best of my abilities. I have complied. I've got the vaccinations. I'm going to set myself up with a booster shot. I wear a mask every day. I try to social distance the best I can. But for them to now come at this late date and say that this thing might be with us forever and various mutations and they don't know when it's ever going to go away and they're giving us no hope from coming out of these masks. I mean, this new world can go fuck itself. I really am hating this new world and where we're heading with this world. Now, I'm going to say I appreciate that Georgia jury that found Travis and Gregory McMichaels and William Bryan guilty of murder in the Abadou Audrey case, especially since it was 11 white and one black. Uh, 
2021, I said this before, it makes no sense that a jury of anybody peers would be 11 whites and one black, but at least these people did the right thing. Now it's up to the judge to throw the book at the McMichaels and Bryant. So they actually did the right thing. This did not turn out to be a written house situation, which we know was a joke from the beginning. Now I watched the first couple of episodes of a cartoon called F is Family. This is the last season. This is season five. Uh, the family is worse than it's ever been. I can only make it through two of the, I believe, eight episodes because I just couldn't stomach the anger, the venom, and the nastiness between the family and the neighbors longer. Now, I'm going to finish it off because I've, I've been watching for years. But it was just too much to marathon. But what I did marathon was BMF. BMF is a very good show. I'm watching the show. So as I'm watching the show, I said, let me do a little research on the background of the characters. Now, I have been seeing this young man that's playing Big Meech all over Instagram. And I noticed that he wore a lot of truck jewelry uh, he does hand symbols and stuff like that. And I said, you know what? This character is really taking his role, you know, to another level where he's actually seeming to be living it off screen. And well, silly as me, come to find out this guy that's playing Big Meech is actually his true live son, Little Meech. So it makes sense now that he would conduct himself in the manner that he does in regular life. I had no clue. Now, this is such an interesting story because Big Meech and Terry are both alive. And I guess if you tell a story wrong, there could be consequences and circumstances. But the way that they run their drug business is different than anything that we've ever seen on TV or in the movies. It's not a violence-based organization. At least in season one, it's not a violent-based organization. It's more of a charismatic leader in Big Meech and a smart brother who seems to be one to be in, but also wants to be out, but seems to really love the money, but doesn't really love the drug game. But he also states in clips that he wish he, he wouldn't change anything and he wants to stay in that world. So it's very interesting. And then to see the, the background of these Pentecostal parents and how they are a family. It's weird, but even with the drugs and the shootings and stuff like that, it is a family. But don't look at BMF and expect to see your typical gangster story at least not season one where it's constantly bang 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 this is a drama this is a drama that's built around building up this i guess a crescendo more gonna happen in season two and i'm glad that the show has made it to season two 50 cents man congratulations on putting out good programs i'm not gonna say that power book two was good because i can't deal with it but power one and power three are awesome so former UFC fighter, Louis uh, Violent Bob Ross Pena, was arrested Tuesday. This is his third running with the law since June. I hope Louis Pena gets the help that he needs. I don't know what's going on with him. He was a fan favorite. He was somebody that people actually 
dug, somebody that people got behind, people rooted for him. But to have these constant incidents off camera, off screen, and in real life is troubling because he had been let go by the UFC. So now he's going to probably end up in one of these other organizations, but he was already in the premier, the top league. So I don't understand what he's doing. Now this week, December 4th, we got the Rob Font versus Jose Aldo card. That should be a very interesting card. And the following week after that, we got UFC 269. Charles Oliveira is going to fight Dustin Poitier for the lightweight title. Amanda Nunes is going to fight Juliana Pena for the women's bantamweight title. Kai Carey France is going to fight Cody Galbert, who I have not seen in a while. I'm interested to see what Cody has left in the tank. He has not been looking very good lately. Relin Palva is going to fight Sean O'Malley. I hope this is a step up for O'Malley. He's been fighting meat cans, and it's finally time for him to uh, get his shit together and prove. Show and prove that it's not about money, but it's about trying to get that title. Jeff Neal is going to be fighting Sandy Santiago Palazibo. And Dominic Cruz is coming from behind the microphone to fight Pedro Munez, which should be a good fight. And Andre Munez is fighting Eric Anders. Also should be an outstanding fight. So that pay-per-view card from, uh, I believe it's going to be, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Vegas or New York, but UFC 269, which should be December 11th, should be an outstanding card. And I also wish the very best for UFC fighter who actually didn't use his noodles. He's been struggling. He's been uh, denying covid and it, it makes no sense to me uh, that people would be still out there debating that COVID is a thing when people are struggling and dying. And, you know, long story short, I wish the very best for Diego Sanchez. I mean, he's having a lengthy battle with COVID-19, and I hope that he has the physical strength, the care, and things of that nature, that he can survive this and become a better man coming out of this. I've always liked him, Diego, a lot. I liked him since he was on The Ultimate Fighter. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And, you know, those of you who out there who pray for people, pray for Diego, pray for his family and his well-being. Now, I like to go through the best games of the week in the NBA that I think are are going to be happening that maybe you'd like to tune in and just check them out. Tonight, Monday, you got the Nuggets versus the Heat. Should be a good game. You also have the Trailblazers versus the Jazz. Tuesday, you got the Warriors versus the Suns, two of the best teams in the West. You got the Knicks versus the Nets in a New York showdown. Wednesday, you got the 76ers playing the Celtics. The Hornets, the upstanding up. You know, on the rise, Hornets with uh, Ball playing uh, Giannis and the Bucks. Thursday, you got the Bulls versus the Knicks, which could be a potential playoff matchup later on. Friday, you got the Suns versus the Warriors again. So they get the bang heads twice in one week. And this will be for, this is to show they're going to be jockeying for position of one and two, it seems like, in the West all year. 
Then you got the Battle of L.A. Friday night also. The Lakers are playing the Clippers. LeBron is back. Saturday, you got the Heat versus the Bucks, the Celtics versus the Trailblazers, and that pretty much closes out the best games of the week. Now, Sunday, they, I guess they're not going head-to-head with the NFL. There are no premier, what I would call premier games. So you could just watch the NFL and not really worry about the NBA unless your hometown is playing. And maybe your hometown is playing against a team. I didn't think it was a great game, so I'm not mentioning it. So the Bills lost all pro Tredavious White for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, you know, that's going to hurt their defense at the backfield. Anytime you lose an all pro corner, it's just uh, crazy. Now, Thanksgiving games, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears played in a snoozer. The final score was 16-14. Carlos Santos hit a game-ending field goal, and the Bears finally ended a five-game losing streak under Nagy. But the Lions remain winless. The Lions remain winless. My Cowboys lost to the Raiders 36-33 in overtime. This was a game marred by penalties. Uh, it was marred by bad coaching. The, Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, and McCarthy, the head coach for the Cowboys, allowed this Mr. Brown to get flagged over and over and over again. And I didn't, I'm not exaggerating because he had four penalties uh, pass interference which helped this game swing to the Raiders' favor. They were smart. They targeted this man. He was lost. He should not have been in that game. And if he was in the game, there should have been some help. And he wasn't given the proper help. Micah Parsons played lights out as usual. I mean, he was a shining star. But the Cowboys were shorthanded. They had no C.D. Lamb. They had no Cooper. So it was. Uh, they were behind the eight ball to begin with. The Bills turned it around and beat the Saints 31-6. Allen threw four touchdowns. So the Bills did do a little turnaround. We'll see if they can keep this momentum or they're right back where they belong. Now, yesterday's games, the Falcons beat the Jaguars 21-14 in a game nobody really cares about. The Dolphins beat the Panthers. Cam looked bad. Uh, This Matt Rule benched him. If you don't play... Spectacular. Matt Rule has this thing about it seeming like embarrassing players by benching them quickly, but they lost. The, uh, the Dolphins actually won their fourth straight game. I don't know if it'll mean anything going down the road. They're going to need to win maybe two or three more to show that they're a real playoff contender. The Jets beat the Texans 21-14. There's not much to say about this game except for If you have not seen it, you must see Zach Wilson's interception. It is one of the worst interceptions in NFL history. It is amazingly how bad it was. The Giants beat the Eagles in a division rival game 10-7. Neither offense could get going. Jalen Hurts really looked bad. He had four. The defense for the New York Giants had four turnovers, but they only turned it into 10 points. So it really, you know, it's two bad teams banging heads, and it helped the Cowboys because it was nice to see the Eagles lose as they were pretending to catch ground on the Cowboys. The Patriots whomped 
the Titans 36-16. The coach, Belichick, spanked his pupil Vrabel. And this is uh, the Patriots' sixth straight game with a rookie quarterback. Six straight wins for a rookie quarterback in Bill Belichick's New England Patriots, who are now sitting at the top of the AFC. The Bengals stomped the Steelers 41-10. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, helped him to their largest win over Pittsburgh since 1989, and they also swept the Steelers for the season. The Steelers are under 500 right now. I don't want to hear any nonsense about the Steelers are going to turn this around. They don't look good. Joe Mixon went off. He rushed for over 160-something yards. Joe Barrow did what he had to do. The Buccaneers were getting beat by the Colts for the first three quarters. They came back and won this game 38-31. Leonard Fournette scored four touchdowns, three rushing, one catching. Uh, so the Bucks keep moving on. They they stumble here and there, and they're not even at full strength because Antonio Brown is not there. But the Bucks are going to be there when it's all said and done at the end of the year. The Broncos beat the Chargers, who are achieving this year, 28-13. Patrick Sertan II had two interceptions to help seal the deal. The 49ers beat the Vikings. 24-16. This was the third straight win for the uh, 49ers, who I actually had for dead. I thought that they were done. I thought it was over for them, but you know what? Some teams surprise you. I underestimated them, and that's on Doc. I shouldn't have underestimated a solid team, but do I think they're going to do anything? No. The Packers beat the Rams 36-28, and for like the 17th time in Matthew Stafford's career, he has lost to a team that is five games over 500. He can do what he needs to do in small situations, but the large games he does not come through. He makes a shitload of money. It's time that some people come down on Matthew Stafford. He gets a pass. This dude has been getting a pass for years, a decade, just Guy came out of college, highly touted. He was running Detroit Lions for many years. He comes over to the stacked Rams team, and every time they play a really good team, he has lost this year. The Browns beat the Ravens 16-10. This was just a bang em up game. Browns, Ravens, they just you expect this. Either the Ravens score a lot of points or they're in a dogfight, but they did enough. And the Ravens had a ton of turnovers, and the Browns just couldn't turn them into anything. I don't think that uh, Baker Mayfield should be actually playing. I think Baker Mayfield is in bad shape. And tonight, the Battle of the Washington, Seattle-Washington versus D.C.-Washington, a game nobody really cares about. Seahawks are going nowhere. The football team is going nowhere, but just to let you know that football is on tonight. Now, Thursday's game is my Dallas Cowboys are going into New Orleans to play the Saints. If Dallas can't beat the Saints, this season is basically a joke. The Saints have nothing going on for them. Uh, I picked Dallas to win this game. Tampa Bay is going into Atlanta. Atlanta might give them a little bit of a battle, but Tampa Bay should win this game, even though it's a divisional rival game. The Cardinals, who were on a break, are going into Chicago to play. I mean, the Cardinals, who were on a bye week, are going into Chicago to play the Bears. Arizona just has too much offense for the Bears. Bears defense is a myth. 
The Chargers are going into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. I'm not liking how the Chargers are looking. I'm going to take Barrow over Herbert right now. So I say Cincinnati wins. The Vikings are going into Detroit, and Detroit is not getting their first win of the season against the Lions. The Broncos are going to play KC. I got KC holding serve at home, especially coming off a bye week. I don't care how the Broncos have been playing. I don't think they have the offense. The New York Giants are going into Miami to play the Dolphins. I think the Giants come back down to earth, and the home team once again holds serve, and the Miami Dolphins win this game. The Eagles are going to play the Jets. The Eagles bounce back versus the Jets. Even though the Jets play a good defense, I think Hurts is going to probably rush for a lot of yards and score at least 24 points, and the Jets struggle to score 20, 24 points any game. The Indianapolis Colts need a bounce-back game, and they got the perfect opponent, the Houston Texans. So I'm taking Indianapolis in this game. The Washington football team is going to Vegas. I got Vegas actually holding serve. Maybe Washington will act silly going to Vegas and don't know how to act and blow the game. Jacksonville is going to L.A. to play the Rams. There's no way the Rams lose to Jacksonville, so I got to take the Rams. Baltimore Ravens are going into Pittsburgh. This is a division rivalry game. Pittsburgh just embarrassed themselves on national TV. But I think the Ravens are just a better team. And now the late night game for next Sunday is San Francisco 49ers are going up into Seattle. I don't care how loud it gets in Seattle. I don't care about the 12th. Man, I am taking the 49ers to beat the Seahawks. And the Monday night football game is an outstanding game. The New England Patriots are going to Buffalo to pay the bills. New England, like I said, is on a six-game winning streak. It ends in Buffalo. Buffalo, this is a game for first place, so i got to go with Buffalo. Now, your teams with a bye next week is Cleveland, who desperately needs it. Green Bay, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers' foot and toe needs it. The Titans and Carolina. Carolina needs some things that they need to work on. Tennessee has some things they need to work on. So for three of these teams, this is actually an outstanding bye week because they get to work on certain things that they need to fix. Once again, man, he, him, her, she, ma'am, sir, they exist. Don't pretend they don't exist just to fit one narrative. Let's think about the whole picture. It's no disrespect that somebody is still him. There's no disrespect that she exists. There's no disrespect of a her or he or ma'am or sir. Just so that you could feel good about yourself, you have to bring somebody else down. Let's cut the bullshit. Let's cut the nonsense. We don't have to live in a they, them, theirs world. It's more than just that. You know what? You want to be fluid. Allow other people to be fluid with their makeup. Allow other people to also live in their world. Everybody's not a Dave Chappelle. Stop with this woe is me. Everybody's attacking. Everybody's not attacking. Some people don't give a fuck about you. Some Most people don't give a fuck about you. They don't care if you exist. They don't care if you who you're sexing. They don't care if today you sex men, tomorrow you sex transgender. The next day you tra- you you sex s- the same sex. Nobody cares, man. Stop acting so self-important, self-indulgent that you feel that you got to knock others to raise yourself up. 
And we will be a better world and a better society if we can stop just doing that to each other. Treat each other as human beings. Treat each other as homo sapiens. Soul-filled creatures. Live and let live. I won't bother you. I promise I will never bother you. You do not bother me. Okay? And I'm going to say to you, like I say to you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.